I'm going to bring on now uh, an expert on the state and government of China. He's been on the show many times, a great columnist, an attorney, and someone who is certainly a patriot, an American patriot. He is Gordon Chang. And uh, I want to welcome back to the show right now our good friend, Gordon Chang. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you so much, C.L. Gordon, it's always great to have you on. And uh, I wanted to get your insight today on perhaps the the, the gateway of, of China uh, having Afghanistan sit in their lap, is that something that the Chinese are actively uh, trying to achieve, or have they achieved that? Well, they're certainly trying to achieve it. Their embassy is open. We know that in the last days of July, a senior Taliban group went to the Chinese city of Tianjin to meet with the foreign minister, Wang Yi, uh, we don't know exactly what occurred there, but uh, obviously their ties are robust. And U.S. intelligence reports that uh, China is going to soon recognize the Taliban-led government. So um, Beijing certainly trying to make inroads into the new Afghanistan. They want minerals. They've got a copper mine lease there already, um, 30 years, but they want uh, gold, uranium, lithium. Uh, they want to tie Afghanistan into their Belt and Road, which is their global infrastructure program. And they want to make sure the Taliban doesn't give support to the Uyghurs, who are uh, subject to horrific uh, repression in China. So, yeah, China basically wants to take over Afghanistan. When we look at the, a, a phrase or a, a combination of words you just used, the new Afghanistan, Gordon, uh, with Chinese government involvement in Afghanistan, are we looking at a kinder, gentler Afghanistan? And do the Russians have anything to do to play in this in, in this game? Well, yes, the new Afghanistan really is an old Afghanistan. It's one which is medieval. It's the one that the Taliban actually ruled um, prior to uh, uh, the U.S. invasion in 2001. The um, Russians also are keeping their embassy open, and that's an indication that they, too, um, are going to maintain ties with the new government there. So it's, I think, China and Russia actually coordinating and working together. I don't have proof of that, but that makes sense in the because they are acting as if uh, things are normal there. How does that bode for the uh, the, the American people? How, 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 how does that alliance, that, that triune that you've just described, how does that bode for us? And, and is Joe, does Joe Biden have a clue in your estimation of how to deal with this? And have we actually really, really bungled this whole thing once and for all? Talk to us. Well, um, in, in history, there's no once and for all. But for a very long time, um, the debacle is going to affect the U.S. We don't know exactly how all of this is going to play out. I mean, China could very well find itself uh, stuck in Afghanistan. Maybe not the same way as the U.S. did, because China doesn't want to insert troops. But they could end up um, with a tar baby of their own. And so uh, right now, um, you know, we don't know exactly what the relationship is going to be between Beijing and Kabul, but we do know that the United States um, has suffered um, almost irreparably. Um, and, and clearly American allies around the world, not just in the region, but around the world, 
are disheartened by what's going on. There have been a number of statements in even close allies like Britain that uh, you know, countries need to develop their own independent um, deterrent because they don't trust the United States. So this is going to have consequences. And one of the consequences it could have, CL, is that countries like Taiwan might develop their own nuclear weapons. And we could have a fast proliferation as countries no longer believe that the United States will protect them. Wow, uh, Gordon, that is uh, uh, chilling to think of a scenario that uh, can that can uh, evolve in that. Let me ask you this then: with China recognizing the Taliban as uh, a functional and legitimate government, then what benefits does that give to uh, the Taliban with the Chinese government recognition? That's a very important question that people in Washington are not asking. And the reason that I think it is so crucial is that uh, the Taliban obviously has had financial support in recent months. I mean, you can't take over a country without money. I, it, it's a little bit easier now that they got a lot of U.S. war equipment for free, by the way. Um, but nonetheless, it did require money, and the question is where it got it. And the obvious answer is, well... We need to look at Russia and we need to look at China as supporting the Taliban. And what we also need, CL, is for American presidents to stop ignoring China's direct relations with the Taliban. We know, apart from the recent events, and those we don't have confirmation of, but we know that, that China's been supplying um, small arms, um, all sorts of dangerous weapons to the Taliban. We know that Huawei Technologies, which is the Chinese telecom equipment manufacturer, has been supplying all sorts of logistical equipment to the Taliban. This was during the time when the Taliban was um, fighting and killing American and NATO forces, which means, and this is um, something that we Americans need to raise, this means that American presidents have ignored China's direct support for a group killing Americans. And so there's, uh, I think... We need to start talking about Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama, because this is just horrible, horrible um, um, diplomacy on our part. Taking in uh, the American presidency and its dealings with the Taliban and, and, and so forth, I, there's, an, there's a question that Americans are, are, are needing to feel comfortable about, and we're so uneasy about this, and that is the capability of uh, who is in the Oval Office at this point in time. Gordon, has he indicated in any way to us over these last seven or eight months that he is capable of dealing with this catastrophic event that is happening with, with the Afghan people? Talk to us. Well, clearly, um, this has been a debacle. This has been self-inflicted. And um, there are a number of questions that we Americans have to ask. And we need to hold people accountable. Um, this is uh, one of the worst episodes in American um, history. So um, clearly, he's got to he's he's got to recover from this, um, and that means we've got to start supporting our friends and allies in the region with more than just words. And obviously, the first people, the first uh, target for China is going to be Taiwan, because Beijing itself has said that uh, Taiwan can't rely on the U.S in the wake of the collapse of the American support for the Afghan government. So Beijing's been very clear about this, what it wants to do. And it actually issued a propaganda piece two days ago, which talked about when China invades Taiwan, not 
if, but when. So um, the Biden administration needs to recover fast before, um, unless there's a total collapse of Americans' relationships with countries around the world. Let's talk about Chinese infiltration into America with uh, the minutes, the few minutes that we have left here, Gordon. When uh, Gordon Chang is my special guest, author extraordinaire, uh, foremost uh, authority on uh, the Chinese government here in, a, uh, in, in around the, the globe. Gordon is recognized as that author and, as I said, attorney extraordinaire. Gordon, let me ask you this. Uh, the Chinese infiltration in America, I see it happening uh, in sports. I, I know Stephen A. And, and let, me, let me say this. The, the, the deals that the Chinese cut with athletes in this country, uh, I think many times gives them an inroad to actually through them, through the athlete, undermine so much of uh, uh, American fabric and fiber. Is that a, a method of infiltration? Is the money that they're offering the method in which they are infiltrating all politics and uh, America? Talk to us. Yes, I mean, China exploits every point of contact with the United States, and China's goal is to overthrow our government. And last year, in the beginning of this year, they actually advocated violence, which is more than just an act of subversion. This is, these are acts of war. Um, but clearly, um, you know, we start talking about, you mentioned athletes, so let me go to the issue of Nike. Uh, Nike, through a subcommittee contractor, which had a long-term relationship was having shoes made in Qingdao, which is northeastern China, by um, Uyghur women who are racial minorities in China, um, who were kept in conditions that suggested at least forced labor and maybe even slavery, because the factory basically looked like a concentration camp. Then we have athletes who have endorsed Nike, and some of those athletes, um, and I'm thinking of LeBron James, have been very quick to complain about conditions in the U.S., and yet they endorsed a company which has knowingly taken advantage of slave labor in China. And by the way, those slaves are racial minorities. So I'm sick and tired of hearing from people who actually should be apologizing to not only Uyghurs, but to the American people. When we talk about the slave labor that does go on in China, there are uh, thousands, I suppose, of, of Muslims uh, there in China who are in prison. And the rumor is, and Gord, you might know or might not know about this, that they are many times harvested for their organs. But yet the Afghans, and these, I'm talking about Afghans, uh, Afghanis who are, who are imprisoned in China, uh, the minority uh, that is being used uh, as slaves there in that. How is it possible that you climb into bed with someone who would treat your own people in that fashion? Give us insight into that mindset. I don't understand how the 40, how the 11,000 Americans are going to get out of the, out of uh, uh, Afghanistan, but I certainly don't understand how at the Afghanis can possibly climb into bed with someone who is that type of, uh, exhibits that type of brutality. Speak to us on that. Yeah, you're referring to um, the detention in facilities that meet the definition of concentration camps of at least a million, maybe three million Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other Turkic minorities. And um, there is credible evidence that, as you say, um, China has been harvesting their organs for profit, which is basically murder for profit. 
There was a tribunal by Sir Geoffrey Nice, the London barrister, who was a human rights, known for human rights prosecutions, who came to the conclusion that China was indeed organ harvesting for profit. Um, but there's also been um, torture, institutionalized rape, institutionalized slavery, which we just talked about, and also genocide. China's been committing acts of genocide, as defined in Article 2 of the Genocide Convention of 1948. And I don't understand how the United States can maintain relationships with the genocidal regime, because what China has been doing is comparable to what the Third Reich did prior to the mass exterminations of 1941. And by the way, CL, we know that Uyghurs are being killed in those facilities because China's building crematoria next to them. Wow. Folks, hear this. I'm telling you, you had better take heed. Gordon, tell everybody how to get in touch with you and how to follow your work. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. I archive all my articles for free on my website, which is www.gordonchang.com. And, um, you know, it's just I'm being overwhelmed right now with what's occurring. It's just China is coming after us on all fronts. And, uh, folks, Gordon has uh, warned us. He has told us about the, the Chinese aggression, and he has told us that they're serious about infiltrating America at every point of contact. Gordon Chang, always a pleasure to be on with you. Got to have you back on real soon. Thank you for being a friend of the show. God bless and keep you. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>